Hey everyone, welcome back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast, where we interview the coffee professionals of the West Coast, and we try to get a little coffee smarter in the process. Today's guests are Luis Elgura and Dorian Escobar. They're the team behind Coatil Coffee in Oceanside, California. The name of their roastery actually comes from the Mayan language Nahuatl, and from a longer word, Quetzalcoatl, which translates to feathered serpent. The Mayan believed Quetzalcoatl to be a creator deity and, among other attributes, was an inspirer of the arts and crafts and of learning and knowledge. The Mayan artwork depicting the mythical Quetzalcoatl is beautiful, and I'll include some links in the new column found on roastwestcoast.com. From those inspirations, Dorian and Lewis have begun to build the mythology of Coatil Coffee. They believe in the power of coffee to provide us with energy, inspiration, creativity, and that the ritual of roasting, brewing, and drinking coffee imbues us with a connection to the spiritual. It's a belief that has been echoed many times on this show, but maybe not as directly. And it's one that is reinforced on the Coatil Coffee bags you'll find in local grocery stores. In big, bold letters, they say, I am your energy. Dorian's first language is Spanish, and my Spanish is still in the beginning phases, yet it felt like we were connecting over a shared appreciation for coffee. However, and this is just a heads up for you, the listener, because Lewis does most of the talking on the show, there are a few moments when Dorian speaks where he is a little bit further from the mic, and it is either a little quieter or slightly muffled. If you want to multitask while listening to the show today, check out coatilcoffee.com. Coatil is spelled C-O-A-T-L, or scroll through at Coatil Coffee on Instagram. And don't forget to fill your coffee mug. You will want it, because it is time for the show. In this interview with Luis Algura and Dorian Escobar, the founders of Coatil Coffee. Luis and Dorian, welcome to the Roast West Coast podcast. Uh, I really appreciate you being here uh, as part of Codal Coffee. Am I saying that right? Codal? Yeah. Cool. Let's just kind of start with the background. Who are you guys and uh, what were you doing before you were doing this coffee company? Cool. So yeah, the the way we met is pretty interesting, actually. Uh, Dorian and I both met in, in the electrical industry. We we're both doing solar PV, commercial, electrical, for you know, restaurants, uh, even Starbucks, and a couple different customers like that. But the way that we were introduced was both of our foremen were um, working together years and years before we even met. So I was working for a guy named Luis as an apprentice when I was really young, about um, 17, 18. I started working under him. He trained me um, as an electrician. And then Apart from that, Dorian was training under another his foreman, who his name was Ramon. So then um, years later, I was running a solar division at a company, and I called Ramon and I said, hey, is there anybody that you can recommend that, um, you know, I really need help here? And he said, well, yeah, I mean, I know uh, Dorian, he's a, he's a good worker, he's real smart, and, you know, I think you guys will click. We worked, started working together. And, you know, right away we became friends, uh, you know, outside of work. You know, we started working together and then outside of work we started getting into, because I've always, you know, growing up, high school, college, you start to get into, you know, coffee shops and basically you need your caffeine fix. So I started getting into coffee and then Dorian's family, um, as you know, has been growing coffee for years. So 
we were both interested in not only coffee, but gourmet and like exotic foods, different fruits, you know, organic. Uh, yeah, organic fruit, organic farming. It was just something that was a hobby for both of us. You know, as that kind of started to develop, it only made us, you know, the friendship grow even that that more. So, yeah, that's kind of how we were um, how we were introduced was in as doing electrical. So Dorian's family owns a farm. Where where is that farm, and has it always been in the family? It's in Chiapas, Mexico. Chiapas, Mexico. I'm in the south, like, like in the Sierra. My grandpa has more than sixty years working to, um, in the industry, the coffee industry. Yeah. So his grandfather is still alive and still operating the farm. One of the ways that that he started was basically as a helper on other people's farms. So growing up, um, his grandfather was working the farms and not his own, but working other people's farms, you know, gaining the experience, the knowledge in growing everything from seed to production. And so he just saved up his money, bought land in Chiapas, Mexico, in the mountains and the high altitudes. And from there, he started, you know, working one plant at a time, really. And then the, the farm, he was able to scale to a national level. So this was, um, you know, we're talking 50 years ago, and they were scaled to a national level, selling through all of Mexico, you know, shipping containers all over the country. And he was able to actually get through both of the recessions that happened in the coffee industry, able to fight through the plague. You know, it's it's not like he went untouched. It did affect the production quite a bit, but he was able to, to pull through all of that. And, and now um, he and his son are operating the farm just on a regional level, selling to different, you know, different people in the area in Chiapas. But the farm continues to, to go and it's been and he's been the original owner since it began. I mean, you guys both seem pretty cool and I'm excited to talk to you, but I feel like I should talk to Dorian's grandfather. That's who I should be talking to. That'd be a good yeah. show. Yeah, I was privileged. Dorian introduced me to him, you know, a couple of years ago when we went down there making the trips and, and he's a great guy. You'll definitely need to talk to him. <laughs> Not to jump too far ahead, but your company now, Kotal, are you selling coffee from that farm? That's in the process actually right now. So um, Dorian being our, our green coffee buyer and, and our production roaster, there are, there are actually crops that are for our production that are growing right now. Very cool. That's awesome. I love when I hear about uh, roasters who have personal relationships with a farm and then just you really can track that bean all the way from the plant, you know, to your cup of coffee. And that's such a cool experience. Yeah. And so the main production coffee that we carry here is from Chiapas, Mexico, and it is uh, a family. Yeah, a family friend nearby. So we do have that. We had the privilege of going and, and pretty much watching the production grow and then purchasing it, you know, six months later as it was ready for production. So you mentioned you had, you were drinking coffee in high school and college, just in coffee shops and getting your fix. Was there a coffee experience at a, at a certain point that you said, you know what, this is more than just caffeine to me. This has, this is something that I'm into. Like this has changed my experience with coffee. Yeah. So I started, you know, shifting at an early age to organic coffee. So first, you know, it was just, you know, whatever, you know, drinking diner coffee, anywhere from diner coffee to, um, you know, a good coffee shop pour over an espresso. And then we shifted to organic coffee. So then there was a point to where 
uh, we were actually buying beans and brewing them at our house, you know, before going out to work or maybe on a weekend or something. And we were brewing and tasting them and, and really noticing the different flavors. And, and, you know, you come to a point where you're like, well, this, you know, there's something here that's more than just caffeine and, and more than just flavor. And then so aside from that, Dorian and I were actually roasting cacao and making chocolate. And then uh, we started making cold brew. So we would take different specialty coffee. We would infuse the cold brew with the cacao that we made. And we were like, you know, I think we I think we got something here. I think that we can. And we both had a, a couple chats about it. Like, you know, we really got to do this. And then it came to a point to where it's like, all right, it's time to do this. Like, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's let's plan it out. I mean, I think, we, you know, the, like I said, the ultimate goal was to to really share that farm experience through our products to the customers. So we were able to enjoy that, you know, us and our families together drinking that cold brew. But there came a point in time to where, you know, we wanted to make an impact, really. I think there's something about an entrepreneur or about somebody who grows something. It's something innate that you you want to share it with other people. And, and food and coffee are very, they're, they're the, this this product that it's not is it's not as simple as going to the store, buying it and taking it home and sitting alone. I mean, I can do that too, but sharing conversation and sharing the experience is so important with this industry. So you you get to this point where you think you're you're roasting beans that are good enough, you're making cold brew that's good enough, and you want to get it out into the world. What does Coattail Coffee mean? What does Coattail mean? Where does that name come from? And what did it take to get started? Um, so, I mean, we went to the drawing board from the beginning. I'll start with where, where it took to get started is, is we basically went to the drawing board and, and kind of, you know, at like any business startup, you really you make a business plan, you see what your ultimate goal is, and then work our way backwards. So we were like, okay, what do we want to do? And, and, you know, we were seeing other different uh, cold brew brands arise. And, you know, like you see Modern Times and, and Red Cap and some of the other you know, main production ones that are, you, you go into Sprouts, you know, like, you know what, like, we want to put another option out there for people to share what we have. So we said, what stores do we kind of want to target? And then we, you know, we went, well, obviously, like the um, ones that focus on natural foods, like the Jimbo's and the Seaside Market, and, and you know, some of those that have a little more, um, say, like a little bit more of selective products on their shelves. So then we said, okay, we want to get there, but what is it going to take? And so we came to the drawing board. We see we need, in order for production, we're going to obviously need different roasting equipment. So we have a, a Mill City 500 gram that we use for uh, for sample roasting, but then we needed to get a Diedrich, uh, a larger production roaster, so that we can have the consistency and in, in, and the quality there for all the different retailers. So once we had all that planned out, you know, financially planned out and everything. Uh, we basically just started breaking ground. And as we were breaking ground here at the roastery, I would basically just go knock on doors and say, hey, um, you know, we have these really good beans. And at first, the funny thing is, is, is I went to one of the, the retailers and I had a little sample bag, like a little, you know, just a a paper like bag sharpie. yeah just like with sharpie like this <laughs> yeah. is a chiapas and then um, we need to start this. yeah so then I, I said hey you guys you know i i thought that it was more on the flavor so i was like i have a really good coffee and he's like well that's not what we would put on the shelf is it and i was like no we have you know we're 
our design of the bags is really cool. Like we're working on it. It takes a couple months to get them or, or at the time, the lead times were pretty long. So it took a couple months to get them printed, but we didn't have them yet. I said, you know, we'll be ready for you in a couple months. And he's like, well, I love the coffee. I love the brand. So yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll take it as soon as you're ready. And so at that point we were like, okay, well, we have a, a really good Chiapas coffee. We had a medium and a dark roast. And um, he's like, you know, I'd like to take a couple more skews on. So um, we were like, okay, well, you know, I love Sumatra coffee. Dorian's like, you know, in Ethiopia would be really good. So we were able to just, you know, basically select what we wanted, what we personally enjoy and put it on the shelf for people to enjoy. That's really cool. It's nice that you had that positive reinforcement. And so as you're still in that building phase, you know, there's going to be, you know, somebody out there is going, yeah, I'm going to take a chance on this new product. Yeah, which was, yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, it was just the confidence behind it that we had to go with. I mean, if we were going to do it, you know, we came to a point, well, all right, well, we have to, um, this is part of it. You know, you get a little embarrassed at times going into a new retailer and saying, hey, this is me. You know, you're, you're making yourself vulnerable to them. So, but then once you hear that, yeah, I mean, this is a great product, we'll take it, then makes it all worth it. And, you know, along the journey, it hasn't been all positive. You know, there are people who have just not wanted to even try it, which is okay. You know, it's not for everybody, but those positive reinforcements definitely help. Well, there's a persistence that you need to have. You know, you need to be able to hear no a hundred times. And then when someone says yes, it's like this. Oh, excitement. You know, I, I, you forget about all of those no's because that one yes makes up for all of that, hopefully. Yeah, definitely. So then back to what does the name Kotel mean? What is Kotel? Where did that come from? So the name Kotel is an abbreviation and it's uh, the entire name is Quetzalcoatl. They come to the Nahuatl language. Yeah. So the original language that Quetzalcoatl is, is Nahuatl which is a, um, a Mayan dialect, which was the major language Mayan. back, you know, in, in historical times. It's not dialectic, it's language. <laughs> yeah, so language. But the, um, so what it literally translates to is Quetzal being um, feathered, which there's still a, a bird called Quetzal in the Guatemala Chiapas region out in the farms, they call them. And it's like a really beautiful, like blue feathered bird. But and then koatl literally translates to serpent. So when you put the two together, you get feathered serpent. And the reason that we used the name was so that the coffee beans being the material part of it, and then the quetzal being the spiritual part of it, which is the boost of energy, the boost of creativity, of consciousness that we promote through our product. And so the quetzal koatl to the Mayans is a um, is a deity, like a, a man transcended into God. So going from the material world into the transcendent, into the spiritual world. So that's the reason why we use the name was to symbolize that. And our you know, product is obviously deeply rooted in Mayan culture being grown in Chiapas, Mexico. That kind of leads me into that, that next thing where on your website, you say specifically to provide a superior coffee bean to promote creativity higher consciousness and high performance, which you just you just referenced. But why do you think there is a connection between coffee and, and those kind of 
internal emotions or those those reactions? What is that connection between the two? Why coffee and not say tea or something else? Like, what is it for you guys that makes it feel that way? For us, um, you know, coffee, and I'm not going to say, you know, anything, I'm not too knowledgeable on tea, but to us, coffee is, is very important. And one of the main things that we love about coffee is that, I mean, the industry as a whole from farm to cup is all sensory driven. And, you know, you get um, the as even the roaster, like as he's Dorian's roasting, he's watching the beans, you know, he's smelling them through the trier. You're listening for that first crack. You know, you're really using all of the senses. And, and I mean, the senses to us is ultimately what makes up our reality. You know, we're, we're looking around and there are navigational tools that, that make up our reality. And so to us, you know, being connected to the senses really gives you, um, you know, as you, as you start to listen to your heartbeat, it really gives you that sense of consciousness as, as to where you, you start to think about what you're putting into your body and how it's affecting your body. And so coffee, um, you know, there's plenty of studies out there that show like the neurological benefits of coffee, the health benefits of coffee. That's one of the main reasons. And then the second one is that really the connection to nature and how that boosts the way that your body can perform. Because the coffee, there's energy that comes that is, you know, inside the coffee beans. When you're when you're roasting in that that you hear that crack, that's a boost of energy coming out. And the energy, the main source, the original source comes from the sun. And so the sun, you know, it feeds the bean and the soil and then it starts to grow, and then all of that energy gets put into there. And then when you brew it in your cup, the energy translates into your body, and, you know, you feel as, as you drink the coffee, you feel you wake up. You know, most of us, we need our fix in the morning now because we've been drinking coffee for so many years. Uh, but that, uh, that sense of energy we feel definitely elevates the way that you perform uh, the way and not only uh, perform, you know, in your job, but in, if you have a creative aspect of your life, most of us do what, you know, whether it's cooking, whether it's the way that we brew, painting, music, you know, there's a different creativities that we have instilled in us. So we believe that coffee elevates that to another level. You can make um, subtitles if you want. And I try to explain something. Basicamente, El café desde que inicia, when the, when the coffee starter start, start, um, inicia con la semilla, la selección. El granjero batalla hasta para agarrar las semillas completamente orgánicas y naturales en estos tiempos ya. Desde la siembra, el cultivo, el secado, el fermentado, seleccionado. Después de ahí, toca que los arandeen, lo limpien, lo seleccionen mano a mano, grano por grano, después que lo empaqueten, lo procesen para el envío, llega aquí, tú tienes la responsabilidad de tostar un buen café, de no echarlo a perder, porque si no, tú ya echaste a perder todo el proceso de mucha gente, mucha, mucha gente. Después de aquí, ya que se tuesta, se elige un buen perfil, tú lo mandas, lo, lo, eh, la gente lo degusta en su casa, Entonces, hay un completo ritual grande. It's a big ritual. When you, in your home, you take your coffee, you put it in your, in your uh, grinder, you make your little ritual there too. So all this is rituals. All this is spiritual. If you try to see, it's spiritual. 
So, para empezar, Coatl es a power, es uh, a superpower um, low. And the spiritual uh, history with this low is the complement the 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 us company. <laughs> I actually love that idea of the awareness and the ritual of it. It's something that's really important to me as far as coffee goes. Every morning. And the more I have conversations with people uh, who are doing this work, people like you, it, it almost makes me feel guilty. Like this cup of coffee I'm drinking right here, I did not put any effort into it. I just made it. I, it was a pour over, but like I was thinking about other things and I wasn't doing it. But as we're talking, I'm actually appreciating this cup more because of how much effort and how much spirituality you guys are, are explaining to me about how your coffee, what that means to you. I've said this a hundred times this year in different conversations about how coffee was so important to me this year because it was something that felt normal. It was something that I could look forward to as a ritual every day that was that would ground me, even though with the pandemic, things were so you know, all over the place. Yep. And yet, even now, I still sometimes have moments where I'm not engaged or I'm not in that awareness. And I think you're, what you're, what I'm learning about your brand is that your goal is to inspire that awareness with every cup of coffee that your people are drinking. Yeah, which is is really cool. One thing you say on your on your website is that the beans are grown at high altitude, and I was hoping you could just help me understand why does that matter? Why does it make for a better cup of coffee? Yeah, so the um, and and that's just you know relative to what we want to put in the bags of our customers. Um, so I'll say you know there is different coffees that aren't necessarily grown at high altitude that people enjoy. Like I can enjoy a, a Vietnamese robusta. You know, you go and have a bowl of pho, and then you get one of those Vietnamese coffees, and it's really good. I enjoy them, and they're not may not necessarily been high altitude, but for our for what we wanted to put into our bags, uh, we make sure that it, it's uh, grown at high altitude, and that's just the overall flavor profile that we were looking to give our customers. So, we, you know, we wanted to offer notes like uh, chocolate, honey, caramel, the the traditional Mexico coffee notes, but also in those high altitudes, you get some orange zest, you get some peach, some citrus. You know, you get a little bit more fruit, and that's just um, the conditions that the varietals need is that altitude. And there's a, a number of different things that go into it. You know, the soil, the climate, the location on the earth where the coffee's growing, a lot of these different things. Even the maturity of the fruit, uh, like Dorian was saying, our coffee's all hand-picked. And that's just because the, with an organic plant, you watch different fruits mature at different times. So it's a process of about three to four months where they'll go by, they may go by the same plant every day and just pick a couple fruits off that are mature. And so the high altitude makes for a different, a more fruity flavor profile. That's really interesting to think about how plant might have ready to pick beans at different times throughout its, its lifespan. And I'm guessing that is somewhat dependent on which part of the plant is getting water or is getting more sun or is, get, you know, all these different variables. But yeah, because there I mean, there are different farms that practice, you know, more industrial type farming, like picking up, you know, with tractors, picking up different, you know, plants at the same, you know, different fruit at the same time. So it's so it's become, you know, there has been a little bit more industrialization over the 
recent years. But the good thing is that with this new wave of specialty coffee, people are really going back to that. And and our farm is uh, is certified bird friendly, which is really cool. We, it was something that we learned recently because they use the trees, the existing trees that are ancient, that you know, hundreds of years old, to provide shade to the coffee. You know, in, in those altitudes, if you if you provide shade, it allows it more time to mature, which gives it more time in that fruit and gives it just a different flavor profile. And so they call it bird friendly because you're not you're also not harming the habitat to all those birds by cutting it down and then just doing more industrial farming, like putting a coffee plant with a companion plant to provide shade for it. You're just allowing, you know, nature to kind of do its thing. On a, on a recent episode, we talked a little bit about bird-friendly coffee. So for anyone who listens to this, I'll link back to that. Um, in Mexico in particular, I think there's a, a bird called the western tanager, which is their habitats have been decimated in, in certain parts of, of the country. And now shade-grown coffees are actually help bringing them back. It's one more way that our as humans, we are interacting with, uh, with coffee and by extension, interacting with this particular bird that we may never have even realized. What about you guys? I see Dorian is drinking a coffee right now. What kind of coffee are you drinking just for you? If you were just to go to some coffee shop on the side of the road, what are you going to order? Well, right now we're actually, we participated in the cafe imports. They had a coffee exchange. So we're both drinking a uh, Colombian coffee that comes from Spy House Coffee Roasters. We sent them coffee. They sent us coffee. And so we're going to be doing a cupping this week. And But, you know, we had to snag a little bit off the top because we just couldn't resist it. It smelled so good. We had to, you know, we had to brew a little bit. Good roast. Yeah, very good roast. But, you know, for as far as like local roasters that will, you know, support is Manzanita coffee roasters they're out in like uh, Rancho Bernardo and, and Escondido we went to their grand opening in Escondido and you know we'll buy we definitely support them at the cold brew competitions and everything you know before the pandemic we had some good chats with them you know just friendly so yeah they're good friends uh illustre coffees in, in Tijuana another good friend really yeah he got the in the roasters championship got number two um last year which is really really cool. He's been here at, at the roastery kind of just hanging out with us and, and showing us different techniques as well as uh, bump coffee is really good. And then for me, I like to go in if, if they have a pour over, I like to get either a honey processed pour over um, or something like that. And then, or in a cold brew, I'm a very, you know, I could drink cold brew, even if it's freezing cold outside, I, I definitely like it. And then for you, but your favorite brewing? Mesha, Dolvo Furman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mesha's. So mainly, you know, yeah, that's kind of where I lean towards. And I, I like to go to, through uh, Black Rock, too. There's one here in Oceanside. They have a pretty good espresso. I'll get an iced Americano if I'm, if I'm in a rush. Living here in San Diego, when was the last time you drank a cold brew in freezing cold weather? <laughs> yeah. We had cold brew, like... A couple months ago when it was really cold like we brewed some here and and uh and you know we'll just take we were working on a production line of actually the canned cold brew it's a lot longer of a process but so we've been brewing cold brew for the past couple months like pretty pretty crazy just seeing how it reacts over time that experimentation is something people don't think about 
in the production line of coffee, they, they think, okay, they roast the coffee, they, they put it in a bag and then I buy it. But there's so many coffees that never make it out into the world because you're experimenting and practicing and the coffee is, it's an organic product. And so it's always changing over time, which is really yeah. a, a unique, makes coffee unique. Where can people, how could people get your coffee? If they wanted to drink your cold brew or they wanted to buy your coffee beans, what's the best way for them to do that? Fastest ways to purchase on our website. We ship orders out pretty much daily, uh, Monday through Friday. So um, ordering through the website. And then we do have uh, quite a bit of like uh, different stores that carry us. So we're working on doing a locator on our website to where you can go in. But for now, you know, a lot of the in San Diego, a lot of the independents carry us, such as like the major markets, the stumps, the seaside market, you know, all of those, the little markets carry us. You can find us at select retailers, but the quickest way to kind of order to your house is on our website. And we do free shipping on uh, orders of two bags or more. Anything else that I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about today or anything we didn't cover about Coatel uh, Coffee? Uh, that you want people to know. Just, just remember all the all the world in one cup involved. You know, thousand people <laughs> for a cup. Yeah. So just being conscious of how much, how many hands, how much effort goes in to, uh, you know, how much human effort goes into making sure, even though it's an organic plant, you want to let it grow by itself the best it can, but it's also vulnerable to plague, to the rust, leaf rust, you know, to different aspects that can kind of harm the cup. So you do have a lot of human effort in taking care of it. And then, you know, I mean, we just always encourage people to, to learn, you know, I, I assume most of the listeners are in the coffee industry or, or, you know, just very big fans of coffee. So just learning how to detect defects in, in your coffee um, so that, you know, you can go to buy your beans and, and you, you know, you can get a little bit more selective on what you want, what you're looking for. And then, uh, you know, we always highly encourage people to drink in groups, uh, drink coffee in groups, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, you're cupping, you brew a, in a Chemex and share a little bit around. You know, there's a lot of studies that, gone, that have gone in to where, you know, they, they ask somebody a question, you know, like, what does this look like what does it smell like and uh, you get a little bit more of a better response if you do it in a group so we will have cupping and we invite us you know as many people as we can when obviously when it's appropriate to we'll we'll cup and invite people and then kind of just give everybody a form and let them you know see how what comes out of that you know just look at and then discuss you know the different aromas the different flavors the the notes that different people taste and kind of come to one um, selection at the end. I, I think coffee shops are one of the first places that people felt comfortable kind of going back to after during COVID. It was it was something that people chose to take that risk or to to go to places that were working really hard to make it safe because because of that community aspect. You know, you can go to a coffee shop and and make a new friend, you know, just because you're drinking the same coffee or you're waiting for your coffee and you say, oh, what are you drinking? Even more so than a bar or a restaurant because coffee is is such a community drink. Dorian and Luis, I, I really want to thank you guys for being on the show today. Uh, gracias. Uh, perdona mi español. I'm learning. I'm working on it. 
uh, I'll get better. But I just it's it's really great to meet you and to learn more about your your coffee. And I'm excited to to share that story and, and try some of it in the near future. Hopefully meet up with you guys in real life sometime. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we hope to have you here for a cupping or, or something here at the roastery soon as well. Yeah, we really appreciate the opportunity. And don't forget, bring a good coffee. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. We are nearing the end of Season 2, with only three more episodes to go. But the brainstorming for Season 3 has already begun. If you've been enjoying this program, please consider leaving a tip or purchasing a subscription at RoastWestCoast.com or on our Anchor Podcast homepage. Your support really helps grow the show and allows me to continue bringing this coffee content. Once again, you can subscribe on RoastWestCoast.com or on our Anchor Podcast homepage. And now back to the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. With coffee, it all comes back to how much intention we decide to drink with. And the guys from Coatil clearly take that seriously. I brew a French press or a pour-over Chemex each morning at home. And since meeting Lewis and Dorian, I've made a point to spend an extra moment or two really engaging in that process. In addition to helping me clear all the morning cobwebs from my brain, my cups of coffee have tasted better because of it. Like they said, there is power in the ritual and a spiritual connection that can occur between you and the coffee and the place on earth where it was grown. Not to mention the hundreds, if not thousands, of people who were involved in its creation before it found its way into your cup of coffee this morning. Be sure to follow at Coatil Coffee on Instagram and head to coatilcoffee.com to order some coffee for delivery. If you are in the San Diego area, you can look for their high-altitude-grown, bird-friendly coffees in colorful packaged bags on the shelf. As always, you can find links on RoastWestCoast.com. Thank you for listening today. On Friday, Siri Simran Kalsa is back for a Coffee Smarter session in which we cover so much it essentially becomes a double episode. She and I talk about sustainability in coffee and business, sexism and hospitality, the advice she would give to someone entering the hospitality industry, and what coffee means to her. It is a really good show. Next week, we'll close out Season 2 with an interview specifically about coffee and beer with Mike Arquines from Moster Coffee and the final Coffee Smarter with Chris O'Brien from Coffee Cycle. If you have questions, please feel free to reach out through RoastWestCoast.com, in the Roast Facebook group community, or on Instagram, at RoastWestCoast. Let me know what you're liking or not liking about the show, who your favorite roasters are, or who you think would make for a great guest. And if you've gotten the vaccine and you're out sitting at a cafe listening today, please consider sharing this show with your coffee-drinking friends, or even the strangers sitting one table over. That might be me, and honestly, that would be amazing. Although for the rest of the day, my ego would probably be too big for my hat. Thank you for sharing. Word of mouth is the best way to grow the show. The newest issue of the newsletter is out now on RoastWestCoast.com, and of course, I couldn't do this without the support of my industry legacy partners, Leap Coffee, Marea Coffee, Zumbar Coffee and Tea, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Cafe La Terre, Coffee Cycle, Moster Coffee, Cape Horn Coffee, and First Light Whiskey. They are my go-to coffee businesses when I'm looking for coffee excellence, coffee knowledge, and, and just damn good coffee. You'll find links to all of the show's Roast Industry Legacy Partners on the front of RoastWestCoast.com or in this episode's show notes wherever you happen to be listening. This episode of the Roast West Coast Podcast was written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And please, 
always be sure to drink good coffee.